0: Good morning, good morning. Good to have you all here uh, on this Grandparents Day. Looking forward to hearing the kids sing. What an exciting time. Uh, It's a little bit gloomy out there, but you're here anyway. We appreciate it. We've got visitors in here, so make sure you introduce yourself. If you don't recognize people, uh, then introduce yourself. That would be fantastic. Uh, Let me see what we have in the way of announcements. Uh, There's a meeting after uh, church tonight for the Hope and Christ ministry. Uh, That's the Ministry to uh, Cancer Patients. Uh, That's going to be after the evening service. It doesn't say where. So just uh, Miss Jeanette, look for her. Uh, Then there's, uh, if you're first time joining us, if you're here, first time joining us, stop by the Welcome Center. We have a uh, gift packet for you. Love to to share that with you. And uh, if you're online, sbtindy.org slash connect. uh, Let us know that you're watching. That way we can just rejoice. It's always encouraging. We Almost every week have somebody watching us for the first time, which is kind of fun. If you want to get involved in the shut-ins visitation ministry, uh, see Miss Glenda. That will be after church tonight as well. On the piano side over here, that's why I was pointing over here. Uh, This morning, after church this morning. Did I say tonight, this morning? Did everybody else read it the right way? No one corrected me this morning, earlier. Oh, did I say it? Okay. After the second service. so Okay, I'll get the. Hopefully I did that right. Uh, so if you're interested in getting involved in the shut-ins ministry, Ms. glenda will meet with you over here. Our uh, Bible Institute starts tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Uh, our first meeting, our first class on addictions is uh, with me, giving you a pastoral perspective on addictions. Then the following Monday, uh, we have Dr. Robinson is going to be giving a doctor's perspective on addictions. And then uh, we also are having uh, what is a servant what is a teacher. If you're involved in our teaching ministries, if you can be there seven o'clock next tomorrow, next, not tomorrow, but the week from tomorrow, uh, then we can uh, kind of just discuss our teaching ministries, how we can sharpen them, make them better. If you're interested in being involved, come on out. That's what the whole thing is about to uh, introduce you to those things. We have our couples conference this weekend, Friday and Saturday. That's $40 per couple that gives you a book and, uh, and materials that you need for that. And it's uh, not an overnight, it happens here, Friday night and Saturday, the speaker is Dr. and Mrs. Keck, so uh, you'll enjoy that to be here for those uh, things tomorrow, Friday night and Saturday morning. Our missionaries of the week are the Hodges. Joseph and Abby Hodges are in Honduras. They look like little kids, don't they? Uh, as you get older, that's just the way it works. But anyway, uh, they have some wonderful news. Here's an update on their ministries. Uh, Abby graduated from language school. Uh, they have had 11 people trust Christ in the last month or so, so they're excited about that. Seven Bible college students graduated from their Bible college. One of the Sunday school teachers and one of the Bible college graduates got married, so they're asking us to pray for them. Uh, they also are asking to pray for more English teachers. They have a, uh, a college class and, uh, and class that is an outreach class uh, for teaching English, so more English teachers and they're in need of a full-sized bus, a school bus. So uh, if you uh, know of any buses down around the Honduras area, give them a call, let them know. Uh, but no, seriously, they just need that, need the money for it, so that would be great. Uh, we, um, this year, changed things around a little bit for our uh, campers. We always asked them to write a letter to themselves. You know, dear John, here's what I decided to do at camp, blah, 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 and then I would mail it to them. This year, we asked them to write a letter to you anonymously what I wish my parents knew or what I wish my church family knew uh, about things that are happening in my life. And so uh, that's the premise of it. And in order to get them all read, I'll have to read one a week, maybe more than one a week, because uh, we took about 50 kids to camp. So uh, but anyway, here it goes. This week of camp has been great. There are many things I can talk about uh, that, were talk- that that touched my heart. But the one that stands out is making the right decision. Both brother Adrian and Troy said, we are becoming young men and women, and we will have to be, i mean, sorry, have to choose what is right and wrong. That is why I am going to make God my priority in my life and be in the word daily. And So if you're the parent of a teenager, then listen up. This is the heart of one of our teenagers anyway. They wanna have time in God's word. And you can help them, encourage that, uh, help them set aside that time, whatever it might be, that would be great. I have a sad announcement to make for you, so make it now. Those of you who were here in the first service, try to catch up with you later on. Uh, But Rod and Judy Sheets are moving away. Uh, Next Sunday will be their last Sunday with us. They are officially entering into retirement and moving closer to family who can help take care of them. And uh, so this next Sunday will be their last Sunday with us. So uh, we love you guys. How long have you been here? Since 2005. Since 2005. So uh, that's how long it's been. So anyway, just uh, you know, you get the idea. So that you have today and next week to uh, say the things that you'd like to say to them before they take off. Not that they'll never come back, but uh, you know they won't be back consistent. Let's stand and let's ask the Lord to bless our time. Today. Father, it is a joy to be here. Thank you so much for the privilege we have of singing your praises, of allowing you to speak to us, challenge us. We bring this service before you and pray that your hand would be upon every aspect of it, to bring glory and honor to your name, that our hearts would be drawn to you. That we would set aside distractions that might keep us from hearing your Holy Spirit as you speak to us through your word. We will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remain standing, please.
1: Well, good morning, once again. We're glad you're here. As uh, we remember, 21 years ago, today, hard to believe it's been that long, but uh, September 11th, 9-11 happened uh, at the World Trade Centers in Pennsylvania and, and uh, the Pentagon, and uh, I remember that time, I was a freshman in high school, of just how our dependence on God, for some, came back or came to fruition, or just the unity that was there, and uh, so God is our help, right, through times like that, uh, through every day, so we're going to sing our first song, on uh, that theme of O oh God, our help in ages past," So join with me as we sing. September 11th, what happened 21 years ago, but it's also Grandparents Day, so our kids have a song here for the grandparents.
2: Now if you are able for a morning scripture reading Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 through 21 See then that you walk circumspectly Not as fools but as wise Redeeming the time because the days are evil Wherefore be ye not unwise But understanding what the will of the Lord is And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess But be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Thank you. You may be seated.
1: of our prayer right uh, to God remembering those circumstances what a tough day that was a time but I remember uh, just how God worked through those circumstances and in a lot of people's lives we realize our only trust and our hope and help is in the Lord uh, through that difficulty and so we're going to sing one of our previous hymns of the month that uh, relays that uh, to us so if you wouldn't mind standing again if you're able to and we'll sing all four verses in God we trust in God alone. Right off the page. The first few verses present an opening reframe with all the following verses setting forth reasons to shout for joy to God and give him glorious praise. The only phrase that was not directly influenced by the Psalm is the first verse of the song, shedding New Testament light on its reading. Oh, come to the cross and be free of rebellion and pride. So we'll sing the chorus, and we'll sing verses one and two back to back, then we'll sing the chorus, and verses three and four back to back, and then we'll finish with the chorus of shout out for joy.
2: Come and see. (laughs) The <laughs>
0: thank you so much, Mary and Miss Rachel. Now I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. Isn't that good? Take your Bibles, turn to Romans, the book of Romans, the 10th chapter. Today is uh, 9-11, and our remembrance of that. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. It's also Grandparents' Day, right? Uh, so I uh, happen to be one of those now. So if you want to see pictures, just, you know, just ask. I'm just saying, it's Grandparents' Day. No, I'm just, well, I'm not kidding. You can ask. I'll show you pictures, but uh, I won't bore you with them unless you want to see them. But it is 9-11. I remember 21 years ago, um, most of us are, who are, it is weird because uh, I'm teaching se- juniors and seniors and none of them were born yet. You know, it's just uh, kind of an odd thing that uh, we've come that far. All of our teenagers over here, none of them. We had a great time yesterday. Teenagers, wasn't that fun? The Harvest Rally. God uh, gave us some good weather. Had about five, six hundred te- teenagers out there at the Harvest Rally in the cornfield getting preached to and it was great. I, wanna, I want to uh, support a couple of the uh, teen parents real quickly. That's nothing to do with the message. Just support a couple of teen parents real quickly. So I came in, overheard two or three conversations. The parents were asking this. So Pastor Andrew, as they're signing in their kids, says, so do you think so-and-so would like to play this, that, or whatever? And uh, I heard two parents at least say, sign them up for everything. They just need to get involved in everything. And I love that, you know. Don't let your teenagers sit on the sidelines. They will if you let them. Don't let them. And uh, so, Simon. In fact, one of them said, "In fact, I told my son he is to bring back a list of everything he did because it's like there's a lot of individual things you can do at the harvest rally. Like you can sign up for this and that and whatever. It's just it's just a lot of fun. And uh, preached to three times and playing games in between. Fed us some food and it was a good day. Good day. But anyway, uh, so. Uh, they don't remember 9-11 but uh you know it was on a tuesday we were in the other building still and uh impromptu just you know like the churches all across america let's have a service so we all got together and you know you remember the feelings that you know it was we didn't know what was going on we were scared half to death and um you know what what's god gonna do we read through uh psalm 27 i believe the psalm that we used i don't believe i remember so uh, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Remember what it says? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the weak, wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. That's the God that we have. I like that prayer that was on the video because... It not only said, yeah, we remember the fear, but then it, did you catch it where it said, but we also remember what followed? And short, you know, right after 9 11 was a, it, it wasn't very long, I'll grant you, but was a time in which uh, people were, there was a camaraderie like we've not known in my lifetime in America, uh, where we pulled together. Uh, Everyone was, you know, the American flags were in every yard and on every car and truck and whatever and, and We were coming together as a nation and it was an unusual time it didn't last very long and uh, Now then we we look out there and we think wow and in those 21 years We've kind of got over that hump real quick and and here we are and it looks as if It's just we're just tanking, you know, and it's easy for me anyway, maybe not for you, but it's easy for me to get caught up in the negative side of that. You know, to, to wow, look at this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And, um, and what can we do to, to change that? It just becomes very difficult. That's what I want to talk to us about. Uh, you know, 9-11 is passing, and we pray that God does not uh, allow us to have another one of those. Uh, that was horrific, and we don't want to relive that. But we are a society destined to relive it if we don't see some changes, because we're going the wrong direction. I mean, that, this isn't rocket science here. We're going the wrong direction. Just a couple of uh, townships over from where we are right now uh, is a public school system that has litter boxes in the bathrooms for those who identify as furry. I'm not making that up. I, I'm not making that up. That's in Indianapolis. We're a conservative community, right? This ought not to be happening here, and yet, and we can say, oh, man, you know what we need? What we need is to get the right people in office to change things. But I'm going to tell you, that's not how change is going to come about. And I want to talk to you about how things can change. And it starts with an illustration. What is 750,000 miles long? and is growing by 20 miles every day. This is an old statistic, by the way. Uh, This statistic is about 15 years old. But here's what it is. If you took an average of 6 feet, I could only wish that 6 feet was the average, but if you took an average of 6 feet for every human being and you laid them head to toe, the line would stretch 750,000 miles. And the population growth is such that it would grow by 20 miles every day. Every day. It's an incredible statistic. When you realize that each one of those people represent a soul that will spend some place in eternity. And some of those souls you know. We don't know 750,000 miles of them. But some of those souls, you and I know. And if we're going to make a difference in this society, it is not going to be a change of leadership. Not that I don't think that should happen. We need leaders who have a moral compass, and right now we have just about zero. And I'm talking about across the board. Washington, D.C., all the way down. We don't know what, a, what morality is. We, we can't figure out why, why it would be wrong to kill babies. And we literally have people suing the government on religious grounds. Did you hear about this one? On re- the ACLU, I love this, the ACLU is actually using religion in a lawsuit. That it's against someone's religious grounds to kill, that they're not allowed to kill babies. Hello? What's the matter with this picture? We've lost our moral compass. And I'm not saying that we couldn't use a really good change in leadership. But if we want to make a difference in the society that we have, that difference is not going to be made in politics. And I want us to think about this. Why are we here? Why did God leave us here? And I believe that the difference we made is in the gospel. Teenagers, we're going to make a difference. Someone that you know needs Jesus. And if you don't give them Jesus, they're going to go out and kill somebody. They're going to become one of those statistics. Please, would you please tell them about Jesus so that Jesus can change their life and they don't go out and kill somebody? Someone that you and I know is going to try to figure out what their identity is because apart from Jesus, it's nothing but sin. And the difference to be made is going to be the gospel. Do we believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation or not. We're in Romans chapter 10. Take a look at verse 8. Romans chapter 10, we'll start at verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Listen, the gospel, the truth, the thing that people need is right here. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, what to say? Thou shalt be saved. Do we believe that that's true? That if someone out there who is contemplating walking into the Greenwood Park Mall and starting to shoot, or walking down the streets of Memphis and starting to shoot, or walking by a, a bus stop in White Lindenia and starting to shoot, Do we believe that if that person were to call upon the name of the Lord, they would be saved? And it would change things. Do we believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? Because if so, we need to be sharing the gospel. Let's keep going. I'll get through this and we'll pray and then we'll get into the actual message. For with the heart, verse 10, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. You know, I don't argue the sovereignty of God. Is God sovereign? Yes. But guess what sovereign God said? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what this sovereign God of ours has sovereignly chosen, to save anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord. And the gospel makes a difference for whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, teach us the importance of the job that you've called us to. Bless your word as we look at it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you about this concept of making a difference in our society. Why do we need to do this? Well, there's so many people on the, on the planet, for one, right? There's 8 billion-plus people on the planet. That's growing exponentially. You say, Pastor John, you know, they're dying. Some of the people are dying. Yeah, you're right, but the growth rate is greater than the death rate. So we are still growing, in, and every one of those souls needs to hear the gospel, and so there's 8 billion people out there. Billions, an incredible number, right? We don't understand billions. You've heard me give this illustration, but I'll, I'll give it to you again just in case. Uh, in years, in years, what is a billion seconds? So look over there on that side of the room. Minus perhaps John Alexander in the middle. No one over there, no one over there yeah, maybe Matt. I'm not sure where Matt is. Okay, hell are you, Matt? One person over there, two people over there now, have lived for a billion seconds. Because a billion seconds is 32 years. Do the math. Go do it. Go home and do it. I dare you. A billion seconds is 32 years. And there are 8 billion people on the planet. There's a lot of people who need the gospel. And God didn't leave us here to make a political statement. And God didn't leave us here to make money and buy cars and houses and boats. and that. That's not why we're here. If you leave a billion dollars to your family, yay, if your family dies and goes to hell, why? That doesn't make sense. We're not here for those things. I hope God leaves you, gives you a billion dollars to leave your family, and then I hope you tithe on it. But that's not the point. You get the idea? That's not the point. So not why we're here. We're here because the gospel makes a difference. And God has strategically, Dave uh, Young, when he was here, called it a divine appointment. God has strategically placed people in your life for the very purpose of you being able to share the gospel and make a difference. I have no idea if anyone ever witnessed to the guy who shot the kid in Whiteland or the guy who shot up the mall or the guy who shot up Memphis. I have no idea. But I know that the gospel makes a difference. Why are we here? And we need to ask God to give us that. So why are we doing this? Why do we need to do it? One, it's because it's just a lot of people. But secondly, here, look at verse 14. It'll give us, the, give us the answer. How can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher unless someone tells them? Say, Pastor John, you just left me out of the equation. I'm not a preacher. I beg to differ. In this context, here's what a preacher is a proclaimer. That's what what the word preacher is it's a proclaimer. When Jesus said to all of his disciples, Go ye into all the world, he wasn't just talking to preachers. But he was talking to proclaimers. Go ye into all the world and preach, tell the gospel to every creature. That's what we're called to do. That's going to be the difference maker. Do we believe that the gospel is so powerful that had, think about this, what if just one of the pilots on 9-11 had gotten saved the day before? What might have happened? Just one. I'm afraid that there might have been a Christian who passed by one of those pilots and said, Oh, look, it's those people. And stayed away. You understand what I'm saying? And yet God left us here for a reason. And how can the world hear unless we tell them? And if we're going to have a different... Side, there's, a, there's a verse that we just sang, and not the hymn of the month, but the previous hymn of the month that Pastor Andrew led us in. Or whatever the name of that one was, I can't remember it, but uh, the last verse said, if we go through persecution, Lord, help me to, to stand, even though we go through persecution. And I don't... Um, you know, when I got saved at 16, I didn't... Somebody would bring up persecution, and it was like, it was something that happened way back when. And nobody ever thought about persecution. And now I'm literally praying, God... Please protect my kids. Because every one of us can see persecution on the horizon. Unless God does something. Unless the Spirit of God gets hold of people's hearts. Unless the gospel makes a difference in our society. We can see persecution on the horizon. Right here in the United States of America. If you do not believe that 87,000 IRS agents were hired for a reason. If you can't pay attention to that, I don't know how to educate you here. They're out there for a reason, and it's not because they love Jesus. Do you understand this? That's not it. And that's just the beginning. And now, I, and now I'm literally, Lord, please protect my grandson. Because I, I don't see how we escape persecution apart from the gospel. And until God's people get hold of the reality. Do we believe in the power of the gospel or not? I mean, I think sometimes we believe in the power of the ballot box greater than the power of the gospel. What's the matter with this picture? The ballot box has never changed my life. And never changed my eternity. But I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. And he changed my life. That's the difference maker. And how can they believe except they hear? Why else do we need to be telling them? Because John chapter 14 says this. You're, you're familiar with it. Jesus is talking. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Here's a reality. No one gets to heaven without Jesus. No one. No one. You just don't. You didn't know my grandma, Pastor John. She was such a good person. No one gets to heaven apart from Jesus. The neighbor that you're not for sure will not get to heaven without Jesus. And the co-worker and the you know the bus driver and keep filling in the blank. No one gets to heaven apart from Jesus. Why? Because God's this mean God who just wants to keep people out of heaven. No. God is such a loving God that he's done everything to get people into heaven. He sent his only begotten son to die for the sins of the world. Not for our sins only, but for the sins also of the whole world. That whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he left his people here to spread that news so that everyone might have a chance to hear. Because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's great desire. He's left us here for this job. I I, I, I look at 9-11, I realize that we haven't made great progress since then. You might have thought it would be a turning point, and it was a turning point for about, in the scheme of things, 30 seconds, right? I mean, there might have been a few months, maybe even a year, in which we kind of saw America turning around a little bit. But it was short-lived. Because it was political in nature. That's what happens when man's work is done. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit to change hearts. It takes the gospel to change hearts. And God has left us here to share the gospel. And we need to share because Jesus is the only way. We need to share this truth because time is short. Right? Time is short. These statistics are only a couple years old. But they haven't changed in about 20 years or so. But in 1919, or I'm sorry, 2019, 55 million people died in 19. It's 2019. 55 million people. Think about this. Million. Those are rounded numbers, right? 55 million people died in one year. That comes up to. 149,500 people died every day in 2019. Every single day. 150,000 people entered eternity. Every single day. That's 103 people per minute. Almost, this statistic has been true for years, almost two per second. Start counting them off. Two, four, six, eight. 10, 12, 14. 103 people will die before they get to the end of this service. That's statistics, right? That's just the average. Here we are. It's going to happen. Chances are one of those people eventually will be somebody you know. And the scary part is that one of those people might be someone who you know, who you had a chance to talk to about Jesus and didn't. A chance to make a difference. But failed to do so. Why are we here? God loves the world so much that He's left us here so that we might share the gospel with those who so desperately need to hear it and make a difference. And I don't want to keep just whining about society anymore. How dare I whine about the direction our society is going and never tell people about Jesus? What's the matter with this picture? uh, I've told you about Eric Jones before, just remind you about him. Eric Jones was a senior at Ben Davis High School. I was a youth pastor at Avon, Faith Baptist in Avon. And Eric Jones came to our youth group. Now, Ben Davis is still a huge high school. Back then, it was like, on the west side, if you went to Ben Davis, it was like, wow, you must be really somebody. And we didn't have any kids from Ben Davis in our youth group, and I was like, this is great. I mean, Ben Davis was going to graduate as many people from their, high, from their senior class as we're going to Avon High School, the whole high school. Ben Davis was going to graduate that many. It was huge. And I thought to myself, if we can get plugged into Ben Davis, we've got access to hundreds, thousands of teenagers. So... Eric Jones, 17, comes to the youth activity, and at the end of the activity he says, Pastor John, could you give me a ride home? Sure. Not a problem. And as we're driving home, the Spirit of God is like, John, talk to Eric about the gospel. And my spirit is arguing with the Spirit of God, saying, ah, uh, if I do this, if I, I'll scare him away. And he's the first teenager from Ben Davis we've ever had. And I don't want to push my luck. So let's just be quiet. So I just stayed quiet. He comes back again. It's great. He says, Pastor John, why in the world this 17-year-old kid needs a ride? I don't know. But he comes back again. He says, Pastor John, can you give me a ride home? Sure. And in the car, it's like the Spirit of God is saying, John, talk to Eric about his soul. And I'm going through the same struggle. No, no, it's too soon. I'll scare him away. I don't want to do this. The next time I saw Eric Jones was at Methodist Hospital. His mom called said, uh, Eric loves your church. Would you come and pray with him? He's been in a car accident. The hood of the car came through the windshield, caught him at the chin, and just about took his head off. 11 hours of surgery later, Eric died. And I don't have any idea if Eric's in heaven. No idea. If he's in heaven, it's because there was somebody else who was faithful with the gospel and your pastor was not. Eventually, someone you know is going to be the one. Someone you could have made a difference with. Someone I could have made a difference with. And we are here sometimes caught up in the politics and why aren't things going better And we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is the gospel. And we're not sharing it. And the world's looking at us and saying, why are things going this way? When we have the answer. We need to be sharing the gospel because time is short. We don't have much opportunity. You know, I don't know when the Lord's going to come back. I don't. I know that God is long-suffering and gracious, and He's so long-suffering and gracious that we're still here. Right? That we're still here, able to share the gospel. But I don't know when, when it's all coming to an end. I don't. But I do know it's coming. I know that, you know, it's been, well, how many years since Israel became a nation? 1948, so I'm 61, so we must be pushing the 70s soon. It's going to be 80 years. Think about that. I, I know that the time is short. The difference we made is with the gospel, not out there. You know another reason why we need to talk to people about Jesus? It's because heaven is real. Amen? And if heaven is real, what else is true? Hell is real. Here's the reality. People either die and go to heaven to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord for the Christian. Or like the rich man in Luke 16, he died and lift up his eyes, being in hell. Those are our options. Heaven or hell. Those are our options. It's the options for 8 billion people out there. If I'm on my way to hell, there's no hope. Why not just live life however I want? Why not just pick up guns and shoot people? Why not kill babies in the womb? Why not do whatever I want? Because it doesn't matter. Life is without hope. But Jesus is the hope of the world. And he is the difference maker. And we know it. Who else is going to tell them? Do you think the government's going to? It's not going to happen. Who who do we think is going to do this job? It's us. If society is going to be turned around at all, it's going to be through the gospel. And if the gospel is going to be turned the society around, it's going to be because God's people share it. God's people tell it. Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions. Heaven's real. Jesus said, Fear not them which kill the body. But those who are able to betroy- destroy both the body and soul in hell—hell hell is real. What difference can we make? I don't know. I don't know where you're at on all these things. I just know that uh, the reality is, I get caught up in the politics, and I get so frustrated in what's going on, and I realize, why wouldn't it happen? I'm doing little to make a difference. How can I make a difference? Tell people about Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. On this 9-11, as we look at society, on this 9-11, as we remember how horrific things can be, are we willing to let God make us difference makers? Say, Pastor John, I can't impact the whole planet. No, maybe not but you can impact the one that you know that does not know Jesus. The two, three, four that you know that does not know Jesus. That's what we can do. That's the difference maker. Do you think if the 300 people that were here today shared the gospel with 300 people who never heard it this week, and just three or four of them trusted Christ, do you think that that would eventually make a difference in our world? This is how it all started, folks. So that God then said about 12 people who shared the gospel, these are those who turned the world upside down. Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian. That's not the issue. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. But Pastor, I have to be honest. I can't remember the last time I talked talked to somebody about Jesus. Pastor, I have to be honest. I'm not... I'm not getting the job done that God's left me here to do. And, Pastor, I want to be a difference maker. I want God to use me to make a difference. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Let me see that so I can pray for you. Thank you. Hands across the place. Thank you so much. Thank you. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody here a pastor. The truth is I'm not certain that I'm a Christian. If I were to die today, I'm not certain I would go to heaven. And I'm concerned about my own soul. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, that's where I'm at. Would you pray for me? I'm, I'm concerned about this thing of salvation, and I need to get this settled. Anyone? Father, many tender hearts, God, you've called us to this work. You've shown us the need. God, help us to be faithful, to share your truth. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Let's stand Let's sing together. Tis, so sweet, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. The altar's open to you. Christian, you step out. Let the Lord have his way, which as he spoken to your heart. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
2: Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
0: have somebody who would like to join the church and we'd like to meet with them. So uh, in my office there, we'll uh, meet with those folks real quickly. And uh, tonight we have uh, a missionary, as you saw out there at the table. Um, So uh, pastor, not pastor anymore, but missionary Andrew Counterman. Uh, He'll be telling us about the ministry he has in Latin America. It's an exciting ministry. God's doing a lot of things. You'll be excited to hear about that. Phil Tolles is here with us. You remember Brother Darrell. Most of you, but Brother Phil's going to be preaching for us tonight. Looking forward to hearing your Brother Phil. Excited about that happening. So uh, it's, a, it's a win win win, right? You get to hear a missionary, get to hear Phil holes, and you don't have to listen to me. Win win win. What a great night it's going to be. Six o'clock tonight. You'll be back for that, all right? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You are dismissed. <laughs>